Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims and con artists. We don't like these people in the shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction and mock them mercilessly. Take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joe Hill, and today we have called upon friend of the Conditional Release Program, Q researcher Hamilton Hume, to provide further insight on how QAnon and its various arms led to the furor of insurrection on January 6th, where it is now, and what dangers the organised circulation of misinformation continues to pose. Yes, Joe, and for listeners, just a bit of admin. We have separated our deeper dives from our weekly programs, and we've done that for one simple reason. There's just so much happening. So much. and we don't want to bombard listeners with a Joe Rogan marathon three-hour-plus babble. No. So our normal program will be out on Monday evening, and our Deeper Dives will come out as a separate podcast on Wednesday. Yep. And the Deeper Dive this week uh, features uh, uh, Hamilton Hume, uh, an alias established for his own protection, discussing the great psyops that have swept the US and the world. Yep, there are so many so-called Q researchers who think it was all just a coincidence, you know, a series of actors working alone, a LARP that just went out of control Hamilton thinks otherwise and he has the power of his research and his words to make that argument he's got the receipts it's pretty compelling stuff yeah you know Q research is like a fucking guild they all think they're right and they all want us not to question things too much and put it this way if you think the establishment of QAnon a cult with political force behind Donald Trump was a crazy accident I have two bridges a tunnel with another tunnel soon to be constructed in Sydney Harbour to sell you yeah it's a bit like that I mean they're such a boys club it's just fucking pathetic our great thanks go to Hamilton Hume for his work and we strongly recommend listeners give the deeper dive listen on Wednesday on and check his articles on Medium. And we do, we do. But meanwhile, we have to get on because time is getting away from us. We need to keep people informed. And the only way to do that is in the Conditional Release Program's weekly news. It would seem the longest election campaign in Australian political history has kicked off in full swing with Craig Kelly, newly minted head of Clive Palmer's United Australia Party, sending out yet another unsolicited text message to millions of Australians that simply do not fucking want it. Mm. They don't want it. A lot of anger. A lot of anger from people. Included in the text is a link to a UAP website that is designed to look like an official Australian report from the Therapeutic Goods Administration, the TGA. It's a long table which sets out a series of serious illnesses, followed Mm. by a number of cases and the number of deaths. The numbers of course, are completely wild. It kicks off with, quote, injury, poisoning, and procedural complications with 113 cases and 101 deaths. And of course, this is being vaguely attributed to the Pfizer and AstraZeneca shots. But this is pulled from the 448 deaths reported in the document. And why 448 deaths? That's how many vaccinated people have died. Not from the vaccine, not Not even remotely related to the vaccine. Mm. That's just people that have died after having the jab in the general population from anything. Yes, exactly right, Joel. And, and basically what uh, that text linked to is decontextualised data and make, making that data, rendering that data essentially just worthless, you know. Yep. So it's uh, highly, uh, you know, scandalous sort of claims. Um, I believe the TGA actually stopped releasing these death reports because while it is useful to know what's going on just on a statistical level, it mm. served as a ridiculous weapon for idiots to say, look That's how right. many people have died from the vaccine when it's nothing to do with it. It had no context. That's right. It's disgusting. And look, when it comes down to it, it's not even that useful of a statistic. Anyway, I would say personally, these idiots need to have some of the Telegram account to have, you know, a little bit of clarity in what they should be releasing to the public. Because the second they said, oh, we're going to release the death figures of people who've had the vaccine, I would have said, no, 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 don't do that. I know exactly what's going to happen. And here we are, except Clive Palmer is now pushing it to millions as opposed to a few tens of thousands on Telegram. So look, this is obviously a ridiculous claim. And the document attempts to clarify it conveniently in small gray text underneath the figure, which is quite bold, saying these reports of death may or may not have been a result of taking a medicine. Mm, vague. Mm. The rest is just this brutal table of numbers, these imposing numbers that clearly insinuates the vaccines have killed countless people in Australia because they don't give you a real total. They just show all these rolling tallies. And it's just raising concerns that don't exist. Yes. 
Absolutely. The reality is the AstraZeneca shot has caused issues known as TTS, the, the clotting in some people, which absolutely sucks. And it's not something we want to shy away from saying. We're not denying the existence of adverse reactions to vaccines. No. We just don't like when they blow it out of proportion because out of 9.6 million doses administered, there has been 125 cases of TTS, which in my opinion is 125 cases too many, but it's not catastrophic like they're trying to make out here, which is just disgusting. Sadly, eight of these people have died and they have traced that back to the vaccine. It is something they've looked into and they're not afraid to say it publicly. As you can see though, the risk of dying from the AZ shot is less than one in a million. And let's face it, statistics are pretty meaningless to the individual. I'll pay that. Like if you get a blood clot from the AZ shot, you're hardly interested in playing with these numbers. But the reality is, is that COVID does not have a one in a million chance of blood clots. It's more like one in six. Yeah, exactly right, Joe. And, and basically the other thing that hasn't been properly discussed, it's that this, these rare thrombotic conditions are now more treatable. They were yeah. actually presented to emergency medical staff uh, who really had to scramble and, and determine a means of treating them. So those early deaths, sad as they are, were in that early phase when yeah. when clinical treatment was still being determined. Now it's very, very likely that you'll, that you'll survive even that very rare thrombotic condition. Uh, one in a million, as Joel says, uh, but you are far more likely to survive it now than you were three months ago. Yeah, absolutely. And as for Pfizer, 9.4 million doses have been administered with no death reports. Not one, not in Australia. Not nope. a fucking single one. There have been reports of issues with myocarditis and pericarditis, yes. which is a swelling of a heart condition. These occur within 10 days of vaccinations and are sitting at 293, which once again is 293 too many, but your chance of succumbing to death from COVID is stronger than that. Yes. Much stronger than that. We are looking at around a 1 in 30, 35,000 chance for an issue which goes away with treatment over time and not extensive oxygen therapy, but, you know, a bit of fucking bed rest. So you've got Clive Palmer and Craig Kelly. They're using blatant lies wrapped in a fear campaign to scare voters into numbering their square. This piece of political propaganda is a calculated move to bring about vaccine hesitancy in the community simply to push an anti-vax agenda with no other reason like he gives a fuck about any of this, then Clive Palmer <laughs> wants another shot at political power. This is just a game to him. Yeah, exactly right. And and the thing that stops all of this, so, but basically if you were a company sending out a text that, that Craig Kelly sent out uh, this week, uh, or indeed the one he sent out last, last week, that would be a, a serious offence and the company responsible would be subject to a significant fine. You can't spam people by text. Uh, it's against the law unless... Unless. It's part of, of politics. Uh, yep. That Basically, when these laws were written about advertising... By using politicians. ...using advanced telecommunications devices and, and, and methods like SMS, uh, they excluded themselves uh, from this. So yeah. you can get... A, uh, you can get an unsolicited text from a political party, but pretty much no one else. Yeah. And, of course, this is what they're hiding behind. Loose rules around charity as well. Yeah. Look, what what is what is perhaps questionable about, about this is, I mean, this is not a party political exercise that they're – I mean, it is, but it isn't. But what they're doing is sending out misleading data. I'm yeah. not entirely sure that they may not have committed offences. There could I'm be sure something in other there. other people uh, will be having a look at that. I mean, look, they're impersonating the Australian government. If you click on the link, don't worry, it's not a virus if you look at it it is clearly impersonating an official australian document and it's not you can tell they knocked it up themselves mm. because they didn't do a great job yeah. and when it comes down to it this is misleading to a point where there is blood on their hands i would say quite easily that clive palmer is fully vaccinated and if he isn't i mean look at the fucking guy <laughs> by the time we let this rip through the community he's gonna be living on borrowed time he's gonna be a absolute member of our famous last word segment he is a dead man walking but it's much more likely he got the jab on the sly. He refuses to confirm or deny. Oh, those are my medical records and they are private. Has he really? Because that's yeah. the thing. I would have thought he'd be out there saying, oh, no, I wouldn't get it. It's a death jab. No, he, he, he straight out refuses to answer. Yeah, just in case he gets caught out. See, he's mm -hmm. happy to leave the good people of Australia to eat COVID without protection so mm -hmm. he can, you know, put a puppet in the parliament in the form of a used furniture salesman. Because, Clive, you're a real piece of shit. Just saying, Craig, you're a fucking big, idiot. Big piece. You're just a moron. And both of you are going to go down as the most hated people in political history. You're making a handbrake turn into lava. Keep scrolling on your Telegram account by all means. Watch your adoring cult like following fawn over your bravery and sincerity. Oh, he's so stunning and brave. Because <laughs> everyone, and I mean everyone else in this country, hates your fucking guts. Good luck at the poll, you dickheads. And meanwhile, in a nod to one of the conditional release program's uh, many obsessions, 
that of, in this case, that of assassinated U.S. presidents. Bobby Ooh. Kennedy's assassin, Sahan Sahan, is due for parole and will get it after spending 57 years behind bars. Oh. Now, Bobby Kennedy wasn't president, of course, but he was well on his way to winning the Democrat primary after having been declared the winner of the Dem primaries in California and South Dakota when he was shot dead at the Ambassador Hotel Los Angeles on June 5, 1968. And like the assassination of his brother Jack, Bobby's assassination has given rise to a host of conspiracy theories, the major ones being that Sahan Sahan had an accomplice or there was a second shooter, the other being that uh, Sahan Sahan committed the murder of Bobby while in a hypnotic state. Is it possible that actually Sahan Sahan did this in a uh, vaccine haze? Maybe he got like a vaccine beforehand and he was like totally just like dazed out. That could be that could be the- it, it gets totally crazy because uh, uh, you know this one of the one of the angles was that you know that, that Bobby was shot dead by at the behest of the CIA uh, who yeah. had in fact been working on in the 50s, you know, cold war research. Well, yeah, sort of. Yeah, in a way, you know, the, 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 they were looking at the extent of, uh, of hypnotic power yeah, and whether some individuals could actually be drawn in to do things that the way hypnosis works is you'll never never do something that you don't want to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that you absolutely don't want to do. So basically a lot of the CIA were, were, the CIA departments were working on hypnosis as being able to leap over that hurdle and get people to doing things that they would not otherwise countenance. Yeah. For his part, Sahan Sahan claims to have no memory of the assassination. That's the vaccine. Maybe that <laughs> maybe that fits maybe that fits that narrative. Um, and the assassinated assassination occurred during a press conference that was televised live. So oh. there were literally hundreds of people uh, who saw Sahan Sahan repeatedly fire an eight shot .22 long rifle caliber Ivor Johnson Cadet 55A revolver Jeez. and strike Kennedy on a number of occasions. He was wrestled to the floor by Kennedy's bodyguard while others grabbed the firearm. And Bobby was the best of the Kennedy bunch and would have yeah. made an excellent president IMO. Yeah. He would have given Nixon a run for his money in the presidential election later that year, but his death paved the way for the Nixon landslide win. Yeah. Yeah. The death penalty was off the books in the US at the time and Sahan Sahan was sentenced to life as life behind bars. All the same, I think Bobby would have supported Sahan Sahan's release. It yeah. was ter- it was ter- Terrible crime, but sometimes we ignore the great benefits we can enjoy through forgiveness. He was a good lefty. The Jordanian Palestinian-born assassin has spent his entire adult life behind bars. He committed the assassination when he was 20. He is now 77, and parole has become a reality due to sentence reduction and concerns over COVID infection in Californian prisons. And speaking of other Californian prisons... Uh, yeah, in another... Well, another American prison. Yes, in another think California. American prison. No, the QAnon shaman who notoriously stormed the Capitol on January 6th carrying a spear and a bullhorn and wearing a horn headpiece made of coyote skin has cut a plea deal with the feds. Maybe his jailing was actually the ultimate revenge of the coyote. Just yeah, getting it from the other dimension. Jacob Chansley, he's just a young fella too he's at 33. He was arrested three days after the riots and charged with civil disorder, obstruction of an official proceeding, disorderly conduct in a restricted building and demonstrating in a Capitol building. And since his arrest, he has made headlines for his multiple attempts to get out of jail before his trial, <laughs> his yeah. demand for organic food in jail, which he got <laughs> which because he got. of his supposed shame and faith bars, yeah. and going on national TV while behind bars yeah. in, in the States. He loves the, US, the spotlight. He, he, he does a little bit. But the US Attorney's Office in, in Washington, D.C. updated Chancellor's criminal docket on Thursday to reveal that a plea agreement is uh, set, uh, or hearing is set for the, his case on Friday morning before, uh, before a judge. Chancellor, who was locked up in a DC jail, will appear in the hearing via video link. He was looking, and I know you had some views on this, Joel, he was looking at 28 years in prison if he'd been convicted on the six charges, which I... I'm happy to accept sounds and would have been excessive. It's so, a bit harsh. He's yeah. an idiot. He's not, yeah. He's, he's an idiot. He's and an idiot. there's more information that he might be a reformed idiot, Joel. His lawyer, Al Watkins, has repeatedly claimed that his client is no longer a Trump-sympathising conspiracy theorist and thus should be cut a break. In a statement on Thursday, Watkins again pointed to Chansley's supposed repudiation of QAnon. Mr. Chansley, a long-avowed and practising shaman... 
<laughs> has repudiated the cue previously assigned to him and requests future references to him be devoid of use of the letter Q. Don't <laughs> use the letter Q around the Q shaman or the shaman. Sorry, sorry. The I artist just did it. formerly known as uh, the Q yeah, shaman. Yeah, as one of the first people to breach the Capitol and storm the Senate chamber, Chancellor was infamously uh, photographed in his outfit alongside a group of mega insurrectionists. Chancellor was a, among a handful of rioters who successfully stormed the Senate chamber during the insurrection, along with an Air Force vet holding zip ties. Now, according to a criminal complaint, and this is where it got a bit serious for Chancellor. Chancellor admitted to federal authorities that he left a chilling note for former Vice President Mike Pence on his desk in the Senate chamber, calling him a child trafficking traitor. That sounds like him. It's only a matter of time. Justice is coming, the note yep. read, which sounds a bit like a threat that uh, Chancellor claimed to the FBI. I, I didn't mean it that way. Oh, yeah. No, of course. Of course not. I was just living yeah. in a fairy tale in my head. There's no way this idiot could orchestrate anything close to a threat on mm. Mike Pence. No. This guy lives in fantasy land. He's a yeah. fantasist, as you like That's to say. Right. Yeah, ridiculous. but according, according to his lawyer, he has, he has he's had a profound wakening up. And a, a prison will do that to a man. Or yes. can. Well, and also being law- thrown out of the bus by Lynn Wood really fucked him up. <laughs> his lawyer Watkins said, he has come, that is Jacob Chansley, he has come to grasp the fact that the former president really didn't love him. Aww. And that all the bullshit about Trump's arm and all the social media-driven conspiracy theories led to a lot of the vulnerability. And that's about Aww. right, actually. So the shaman, who remains a shaman, just not aligned to Q anymore, or so he says, will be out soon. Maybe time served or a year or so added on. He won't have to do the full 28, and that's probably about right, having come to some form of mental clarity about what sort of idiot he looked like and how POTUS 45 wasn't his best mate after all. And uh, we just give you uh, listeners one more reminder of the uh, deeper dive uh, featuring Hamilton Hume uh, uh, on the rise of psyops and misinformation for political or tyrannical purposes. Yep, yep, yep. I'll do anything for you. Just tell me what you want me to And today's sponsor of the Conditional Relief Program is the Palmer United Party. You don't think we're going to miss out on the millions Clive Palmer has thrown around in the hope of turning our federal parliament into an even bigger shit show than this already, did you? Mate, I would sell out for like, what, like a case of beer? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, send in your request, my friends. I'm going to tattoo your brand on my forehead. Now, listeners, if you can't decide between equally or two equally moribund major political parties, why not give your vote to one of Australia's richest men in the hope that his interests, already carefully managed by the National Party through a series of (laughs) outrageous tax and excise exemptions, will be better looked after. Mm. You know, listeners, it's tough being a billionaire in this country. There are corporate laws, criminal laws, all sorts of hurdles thrown in the way of our billionaires designed to prevent them from becoming trillionaires. First they came for the white man and I said nothing. The extent of medium-sized NATO-aligned nations. Is this the sort of Australia our diggers fought and died for? What's it going to come to? Clyde Palmer on the streets of Brisbane, hollered away at Central Station, bearing a sign that says, we'll cheat creditors for food. <laughs> Wearing a pair of stretch trousers that have lost their elasticity. He hasn't had his four schnitty breakfast in weeks, and he's just <laughs> shit himself. And Craig Kelly is trying to mop it up with the top of a box of 4X tins, but the cardboard isn't absorbent. So all Craig's doing is just shifting the shit around from one place to another, somehow making it bigger. The stench is unbearable. Now Craig's just shit his own pants because he's been on the horse pace. That's a known side effect, yes. Listeners, if you hate the idea of seeing Clive Palmer with the ass out of his strides, and I think we all do, Vote early and often for Clive Palmer, a man of the people, for the people, and by the people, in the sense that he is vaguely human, or at least that's what Craig Kelly thinks the lab results are saying. And this week's Which Black Pilled Fuckwit Said That is filled the burst with listener contributions, which pleases me greatly. Keep them coming, folks. And if you're successful today, Joel, you'll become the number three on the Queensland Senate ticket for Clive Palmer's United Australia Party. Oh, Ordinarily, this would not be a winnable spot, but it's Queensland. 
there's a pandemic on and who knows how I could go. Uh, also, Joel, you will be entirely responsible for the formulation of all Palmer United Party, what do they call themselves, Palmer's United Australia Party policy. Oh, great. That's that's going to be annoying. I could do that on the back of a chip packet and still have space for a fucking address. <laughs> actually, actually, no, you can forget that, Joel. I've just heard from Clive, who told me and you to get fucked. And further, he said he'll be fucked if he's going to let you or anyone else create policy for the parties paid for lock, stock and barrel. Oh, really? I might change my name by deed poll to former United Australia Party member just it's got a real ring to it you won't be on your own there's quite a few there there's a couple in the senate still there Uh, yes anyway are you ready Joel all right question one who said gay pride amazing all in caps with two exclamation marks cool with it black pride all in caps yes babe three exclamation marks after that cool pride in our European heritage of freedom and democracy how dare you, you literal Nazi. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, trying to make a point there. Uh, was that literal Nazi, Blair Cottrell? Was that contributor to the Spectator Australia and history genius, Alexandra Marshall? Now with Rebel News as well. Ooh, yeah, isn't she Isn't it's she going ahead so with gross. fake journalism? Was it enraged election truther and editor of the Spectator Australia, Rowan Dean? Ugh. Or was it political theorist and least funny of all the Marx brothers, Carl? Sometimes known as Carlo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I love the idea of the last one. Um, I like the idea of Blair, but I'm going to go with uh, Alexander Marshall. Oh, yes. Well done, Joel. Excellent God, work. Excellent work. And can we just take a moment and ponder the stupidity of these people who believe that Nazism was actually a form of Soviet-style socialism? It was nothing like this. And and in previous programs, we've talked about this. And when the Nazis were in that position, as the collapse of the Weimar Republic was underway, politically, they drew from, the Nazi party drew from the centre-right parties, that people who would normally align themselves with conservative principles were the people who switched over and voted for the Nazis. Those votes did not come from the centre-left or indeed the extreme-left. Those votes that saw basically the Nazi party with around 31 32% of the vote in German elections in the early 1930s, all came from vote shifting from the centre-right. Yep. That's the first thing. We've talked about that. The second thing is, has anyone ever seen a Soviet-style socialist uh, nation who actually promoted vast corporations as the Nazis did? And we know this through Krupp. We know this through uh, Bavarian Motor Works. We know this through Volkswagen, through Siemens and other companies that still exist today who had a long and very fortunate, very prosperous um, <coughs> connection to the Nazi party and the use of slave labour, etc. during wartime. Most of those companies still exist today, yep. by the way, and they thrived and prospered yep. under, under the tutelage of the Nazi party. This was not a Soviet-style socialist republic. This was basically a kleptocracy that put its uh, that put its uh, uh, a far-right kleptocracy that that put its all its eggs in one uh, big corporate basket. I tell you what, I've got a Blackpool pocket question for you. What episode would the listeners go back to to hear that? Do you remember what it's called? Ooh, no, I don't. The Nazis no. have a Pete Evans problem. That's the one. Ah, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah we did discuss it in that. You can go back and have that a look at it. But, but it. but it's it's very clear. I mean, this is these are historical facts. I mean, they can't just be overwhelmed by some idiot who doesn't understand, who doesn't understand, or gets confused about the word socialism. I mean, and I'd recommend that Alexandra Marshall. What's she call herself on Twitter? Ellie Melly. Ellie Melly. Fucky witty. First point of reading for you is Hitler: A Study in Tyranny by Alan Bullock. Later, Lord Bullock. That's where you start on the rise of Nazism and how it all happened. We're just not going to take your opinion, Nelly Melly, as well, fact. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, a lot of people are, and that's why this little fucking human virus is spreading like wildfire. Mm, there's way too much of that nonsense going around. And it shits me to tears. And that contribution, by the way, was supplied by listener Ian, and thank you very much for your time there. And you got to mention in the program last week, and I believe your goodies will be in your hands 
I right haven't now. sent them yet. I'll oh do my it god! Tomorrow. I'm getting there, man. It's yes. really busy. No, no wonder I haven't heard from Ian. No one. He's very. <laughs> he's probably getting the Ritz together as we speak. Uh, but Ian, 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 we will sort that out. Really. It is coming. It's Although coming. It's all coming. A lot of violence, and I'll be perpetrating. Question two, Joel. So you're one from one. Question two. You're very hard to control when you're healthy. Oh, God. You're very hard to manipulate when you're clear. Ugh. You're very hard to influence when you're sovereign. I already think I know who this is. Go on. Give me the options. Was that picture of health and well-being, senator in exile, and almost certainly still an undischarged bankrupt, Rod Cullerton. G'day, Rodney. <laughs> No, he's a big listener. He loves the it. The red splotches on his cheeks are actually health splotches. <laughs> they, are, they are health splotches. Uh, uh, it, was it uh, the healthiest human snapping turtle on the planet, Wayne Glue? <laughs> We're still using that joke. Good, good. <laughs> uh, was that former Governor General and Australia's first sovereign citizen speaking from the grave, Sir John Kerr? Yep. Yep, chances. Or was that invited member of the Australian Senate, Pete Evans? I'm definitely going with Pete. It just reeks of Pete. Well done. Excellent work. Yes. Very, very good work, Joel. You're well on your way to becoming invited to the Senate uh, by Clive Palmer. Yeah. I mean, look, if, yeah, I'll, that, I'll take look, it. That fantastic contribution in meme form was sent to me by Jen. Thank you very much, Jen. Uh, the goodies are in the mail. I'll make sure that uh, Joel. Is that Jen the same one who won trivia? Uh, no, we have a number of Jens, Joel. Uh, more, than, more than one. Yeah, but uh, I, we don't need to go into uh, her surname and those sorts of things. But uh, fantastic work, yes, Jen. Yes, Hunted down by RDA members and harassed <laughs> violently <laughs> by told, a peaceful research movement. And told to cease and desist. Yes. <laughs> they fucking All win. right. This one's for the prize. This one's this one's for your I've blue. always wanted to be in Parliament. There's a real ring to it. Oh yeah, and also com cars. Yeah. Oh look, as soon and as soon as you get in there, you just say, Look, I don't want to be part of the Parliament United Party. No, I'll oh, fucking bail. I'm I'll gonna, immediately bail. I'm gonna sit in the crossbenches as an independent. He'll make me sign some dumb agreement saying just, I'll never do it, but I'm just gonna throw it in the bin. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, this is this is the way Carlton went. Anyway, question three. Now this is Trickery of the highest, of the highest order. Be aware of these light workers coming to you claiming false light Ooh. to claim your soul, Ooh. to trick you, to make you a slave to their wicked satanic rituals. Jesus, a lot of satanic rituals going on at the moment, Joe. And was that Karen Brewer breaking silence outside uh, the NZ's Far North Council headquarters on Karen Brewer Day? Was that bewitched star Elizabeth Montgomery? He's a fucking complete champion. Probably. Yeah, it's not her. Uh, and dead. But uh, but yeah. just a fantastic uh, advocate for gay rights in, oh, in nice. the Hollywood industry. Legend. Just, just a true legend, Elizabeth Montgomery. Uh, was it uh, medium after an epiphany following seven years working as a real estate agent, Haley Parks? Or was it medium off to get an astral realm cleanse of her auric field, psychic Nicole Kistler? Ooh. Well, I mean, look, it's a dead ringer on the last two. I believe it's Haley talking about Nicole. Hooray! Well done, Joel. <laughs> Glad you followed that story because it is just mad. It and we can't really funny. talk about it too much because it involves litigation, defos to and fro. And uh, Haley Parks was apparently under the instruction of Nicole Kistler. is uh, showing her how to become a medium. Now, Nicole, she looks like an extra large rather than a medium to me, but... Um, it's just one of the great jokes. Now, now, Jack. Now, now. <laughs> Neither of us are very slim. <laughs> Which is one of the great jokes from Get Smart. But um, uh, yeah, she 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 got uh, Harley got some instruction on how to become a psychic, and now claims in a in in a defo suit before the courts that Kistler turned turned her into a horrible human being, subject to uh, well, she became a slave in effect. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a pathetic story. It's worth looking uh, up. It's very funny. These people uh, are such fucking morons. These people are just fucking incredible. But I did notice that Nicole Kistler, the woman who was being sued, uh, uh, as uh, she was quoted in the Sydney Morning Herald, was just off to get an astral realm cleanse of a auric a u r i c field. You got to have that done. You got to have that auric field sorted out. Properly cleansed. But, Joel, the great news is you've won and you will be representing the Palmy United Party in the Senate in Queensland. It doesn't matter, you don't time. live there. Just explain. Look, it's probably better down in New South Wales. 
I don't like Queensland. I'm going to move into Kirribilli. It's clammy. It's humid. And full of arseholes. I mean, sorry, no, we love you. We love (laughs) our Queenslanders. We love everyone in Queensland. Well, most people. Yeah. And we ask listeners, we do, to send us an email if they've come across something really, really stupid said by black pill fuckwits. We want your input, listeners. If you've recently come across something posted that is so odd, so bizarre, that it can only be appreciated by the criminally stupid, drop us a line. We'll send you a stubby holder eventually and some assorted TCR piece <laughs> tatter that I find around the place. But I think I got some badges made up recently. They're so shit. If you make our lives easier and send us a quote that we can use on the show, attention yes, to Jack. Don't yes. send it to me. Uh, yes, obscure so the, the attention, the attention of Jack. I can't uh, see it, but I have access to the email address. So obscure that shit. Now, listeners, the conditional release program stubby holder is the only stubby holder virtually clinically proven, subject right. to a complicated legal argument with the very fine people at the Therapeutic Goods Administration that our lawyers are working on as we speak. Suffice to say that used in conjunction with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, the conditional release program stubby holder is designed to ward off COVID nineteen infection, equine influenza, and colic while ensuring during your beer is cold and stays cold. So if you're off your oats and struggling to breathe, saddle up to the conditional release program, Stubby Holder, neck an icy cold chin and get back into the race. A mile and a half, wait for age event that, if you're successful, could get you a start in this year's Cox Plate. Patent pending, all rights reserved. Important caveat there, Jack. Important caveat. <laughs> And we kick off our anti-vaxxer update, as we always do, with the stats. And as of the 5th of September, 40.2% of the world population has received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. That's 5.44 billion doses administered globally and 35.64 million administered Daily. That's actually down. It was 42 million about two months ago. Interesting. Uh, only 1.8% of the people in low income countries have received at least one dose. Now, yeah. It's just inching up and it's a real nightmare waiting to happen. Uh, in Australia, 1.9 million doses were administered in the week ending the 3rd of September. Not bad. And uh, the stats I'm about to give you come from the 3rd of September. New South Wales has 72.63 of the population, age 16 plus, with a single dose, 40.28 fully vaxxed. The ACT, 68 single dose, 45 fully vaxxed. Victoria, 60% single dose, 37 fully vaxxed. NT, 57 and 40. SA, 55 single dose, 37 fully vaxxed. Both Queensland and WA got over the 50, uh, 50% uh, hump for single doses this week with Queensland 53 uh, and 34 fully vaxxed, while WA has 53 and 34 fully vaxxed, with Tassie going beautifully at 62 and 45. They're also going out and eating well, like my friend Paul, who is mocking me in the boys' chat, saying how he's, oh, no, he's busy on a Friday night. Yeah, cool, bastard. <laughs> That's in Tasmania? Oh, yeah. yeah, well... As cartoonist John Cadelka will say, it's really horrible there. Please don't come. (laughs) (laughs) They're rather enjoying it on their own at the moment. Australia is currently ranked 34th of the 38 OECD nations. That's not good. That's not great at all. That's that's not anywhere near the podium. You know, if this was an Olympic sport, they'd... (laughs) It'd be, there'd be, you know, the sports pages would fill with condemnation and, and demands that people be sacked. If you're playing Mario Kart, you would see a smashed controller in the corner of the room <laughs> and a small child crying. 34th of the 38 OECD nations. And it's not uh, just supply that we're coming. You know, we can always point to that uh, supply problem, and it's certainly there, And but it's getting resolved. So it's not just supply that we're having to deal with. Yeah. And as we pointed out again and again and again, and we'll keep doing it again and again and again and again, there's a real problem with vaccine hesitancy in Australia among adults. Now, I'm an optimist. I think we can hit 90% fully vaxxed sometime yes. late this year. I honestly yes. do think we can hit 90% fully vaxxed, but we can't with the anti-vaxxers spreading their fucking disinformation campaigns. God, they're effective. They're so good. And figures in WA and Queensland especially are a little bit troubling early on when we have a look at them. So what have these fucking anti-vax clowns been up to this week, Joe? Oh, it has been a big week Huge. for our people. <laughs> Huge, Huge week. week. Huge it has been a roller coaster for our favourite anti-vax clown, Monica Smith, who was arrested by police in her car to her great inconvenience mm. and frustration. Mm. People who have seen the video will totally know what I mean. Oh, everyone's seen the video. <laughs> She's like, that was oh. the whole point. 
oh, this is so annoying. So believing that she was pulled over being outside of five kilometer radius with no fucking idea what was about to happen, police addressed Monica by name and informed her that she was about to be arrested on charges of incitement. So when she heard Monica, she was like, uh? Um. And they said, we're going to arrest you. She's like, uh. This was all captured on Facebook Live because she Facebook Lives anything she does. Yes, and sir. it's available on all social media platforms. If you haven't seen it already, I strongly recommend it. Her phone was quickly grabbed with... Prof- Professional accuracy from its cradle by police and seized before you know going into a lock mode alongside several other devices, including apparently Morgan Jonas' setup. Mm. There were warrants issued for raids all over the place. It's pretty intense. And I'm guessing these devices are being scoured by police to build the case against her and likely several others, with eight people being arrested by Vicpol in relation to online threats made toward the police officer that shot the rubber bullets at the last Freedom Day rally, especially to that guy who was like, do it again! Well, they weren't rubber bullets. <laughs> they, they might have climbed, you know, RDA might have climbed the rubber bullets, but they weren't rubber bullets. Were they uh, little pepper things? Or yeah, no, that, yeah that was or? the pepper stuff. But he, was, he yeah. was a member of the Special Operations Group, sometimes known as the Sons of God in Victoria. They do yeah. Yeah. take himself very seriously. But uh, one thing is they're not supposed to be identified. And RDA sought to dox this guy. They this did. is they not really a did. good way of making friends with the Victoria Police Force. No, it's really not. And look, you know, like fucking with the police is exactly how you wind up in jail. What, how did they think their Teflon coating was going to survive this? Mm. It just didn't work. So others on Telegram have also apparently been conducted by police in regard to their attendance at these rallies, citing concerns the charges and this contact was a result of information found on the devices seized from Monica Morgan or their mates. Bit of a shame. So mm. somehow Morgan Jonas has managed to stay out of the clink for this whole thing and is in charge of these passionate pleas for help, mostly in the form of money, from their faithful cult members. So everyone saw this coming, but the fundraiser did not take long to go up. Monica's legal oh. defense fundraiser. How completely inevitable. Look it up the meaning of inevitable. The blink of an eye, wasn't oh, it? it mate, you know. Of course. <laughs> so we all saw this coming. It was quite funny to see her parents at this passionate video play who seemed disturbingly similar to Monica as like absolutely natural grifters and she looks so much like her dad. Claimed that despite the fact that they had lawyers that were appearing pro bono, which is of course for free, that they wanted to pay them anyway and then planned to donate the rest to charity. Oops. Oh, bit of a slip of the tongue there, Dad. Yeah, because you'll have to make declarations. Anyway. Could you not say that? Because, yeah. like, you know, because that's kind of annoying. So don't worry, no one's actually going to hold them to account for that. No one holds them to account to fucking anything. The fundraiser is up to $232,000 at times recording and counting. They claim that if the funds are not needed for any reason, so noble, there will be a refund minus card fees. What the fuck is the chance of that happening? Like, just do, zero. Do not hold your breath. Yeah. Lest, lest you asphyxiate. Yes, um, yes, you shall. Yeah. And, of course, predictably, they've framed Monica as this political prisoner who's being targeted by the government. And, I mean, the crimes she's allegedly committed are quite serious. This crime of incitement carries a serious jail term. Five years, yeah. Five These years, idiots mate. are basically saying, we don't think incitement's a crime. Like, that's just that's just their approach to this. Yeah, uh, it's not a crime. Pretty yeah. brave legally. I mean, Be- beautiful soft seat sort of mentality there. Oh, totally. It's, just, it's not a law. It's not a law I, that we like, and therefore would... we don't think it should be a law. Exactly. Yeah. And the judge would be like, you know what? Maybe it isn't a law. You know what? We're going to let you out now. No, not really. So the martyrdom started at the bail application. This is such a huge stunt. Monica's lawyers, either knowing in advance she didn't plan to sign for bail or out of just completely gross incompetence, didn't put forward any bail conditions. They didn't even contest the situation. So the police, who requested two conditions, which were pretty intense, for Reignite Democracy's social media accounts to be deactivated and an order which prohibits online discussions about lockdown, which is uh, pretty reasonable. The judge refused these requests. Magistrate, magistrate. The magistrate knocked eyes on the head, yeah. The magistrate refused these requests, claiming they would overstep the mark. And that's totally fair enough. I mean, look, I personally think they're a pretty good idea, but I get it. They were excessive, but they were rejected by the magistrate. Look, I mean, this is this is all part of the the to and fro of a criminal prosecution. Argy bargy. The the prosecutors will apply for things that they fully expect they won't get, um, but uh, they'll have a a number of core conditions that they'll want. Exactly. uh, It's like Monica's probably been to Bali, but she's probably the kind of person who, like, negotiates in like a couple of rupiah. No, no, no. You say a thousand. They say ten, and you wind up at five. It's the way it works. <laughs> hmm, idiot. Exactly right. So her bail conditions, which she refused to sign, had very simple terms. It was a seven pm curfew to abide by the chief health officer's directions and not incite anyone to breach those directions or publish anything that might incite breaches. Wow. Just like everyone else. Like, I don't actually understand what her problem was. She also 
this is maybe the bit of, bit of the problem here. She had to remove any material previously published online that might incite people, not attend protests, and had to wear a mask when outdoors unless she had a medical exemption, which, let's face it, she doctor shop until she found one. I'm so yeah. anxious when I wear a mask. This is an yeah. incredibly basic set of bowel yeah. conditions. When you look at those conditions that you just that you just uh, um, stipulated there, Joel, these are not excessive. There's nothing wrong with them. It's totally normal. So deleting the content that was responsible for her being charged in the first place seems like a pretty wise move all things considered you know like just say you do get guilty at least you can show some kind of remorse nah she's just like no i'm not doing any of it so of course immediately they started to spin the situation refusing to sign the bail conditions Marnie Shishine of Legal Bit Lawyers the idiot who does the occasional bit of work for Avi Yemeni in his Fight the Fines campaign which says everything you need to know declared that signing that bail order this is a quote would have effectively put an end to democracy in Australia which is just one of the dumbest legal quotes I've ever heard that's well, a little it's a little excessive you know it's what, uh, what are they talking about there's a, there's a fair amount of lily gilding going on uh, there with that how yeah. absurd and here's an organization that have already said how many times they put their hand out for money to basically sue media outlets for defamation for saying things they don't like but no we need freedom of speech but no one else is allowed to have it textbook dickhead behavior so he also claimed the bowel conditions were one of the some of the most onerous conditions he had ever seen and they may have even been unconstitutional in their effect oh yeah the fuck are you talking about he then went on to say the first consequence would be an immediate dismantling of reignite democracy australia which would then impact on every other similar website like was he playing with his phone when the judge refused to include these measures in the bail application like is he functionally illiterate or of course more likely, they're lying for effect. There and, you go. Yeah, I think they're lying for effect. I think so. And not only that, not one to stand still in the face of glory, perpetuating this complete porky pie in further online calls to action, including one from George Christensen, which Craig Kelly also shared. He claimed that Monica Smith was a political prisoner. There it is. That the authorities demanded that she dismantle her organisation. They didn't. The judge actually said that was an overreach. Yep. Reignite Democracy Australia in its entirety. Okay. No. Also goes on to say that Reignite Democracy Australia has an application before the AEC to become a political party, which may or may not be true. What is not true is the following claim. So to be clear, Miss Smith will only be allowed out of jail if she shuts down a fledgling political party and that fledgling political party's means of communications. Just to go on with that, um, we made some inquiries with the Australian Electoral Commission, which might be a little old now, over, over two months ago. I checked it today and there's nothing on there. It would seem at least, unless it was done recently, an application may have been received by the AEC recently to register RDA as a political party. As far as we know, up to a month ago, that was not the case. So this nonsense about Smith being a political prisoner isn't quite right. I mean, she hasn't registered a political party, uh, then she's not really a political prisoner, is she? No, Even if that sort of bizarre claim could could be substantiated anyway. At the moment. What she is is a person who has chosen to decline her bail conditions and therefore she has been remanded into custody. She's not even really a prisoner uh, and she's not really a convict either and she'll be dealt with by the court's you know, as soon as as soon as she matures and stands in front of a magistrate and says, "Yes, I, I do agree to these things," there's even a even a, an appeal of her bail conditions in the Supreme Court is going to see her, as was the case in the magistrate's court, it's going to see her bailed to appear at some later date and provided she accepts the bail conditions and there will be conditions applied from the Supreme Court uh, if that's where the appeal goes. Of course there will. will. There will. It's not as if, you know, they're just going to, well, you can just go and uh, look, we'll, we'll let you know when we want you back here. It, it's... <laughs> she's going to be bailed under some conditions. So this whole nonsense is going to fall over at some point. And I hope, I just hope she gets one of the harsher Victorian Supreme Court judges who will come, incidentally, and bail. Hearing would would uh, would come, the, the Supreme Court justice would come from uh, <clears throat> the uh, the criminal division. So p- people plenty experienced in the business of crime and criminals. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, when it comes to Miss Smith, she's actually a white collar criminal. RDA is a company. It's not a party. It's yeah. a corporation. So you're a white collar criminal 
You're not a political prisoner. And whatever you say is a lie at this point, because that was a lie. And honestly, you would think they literally didn't understand the bowel conditions at this point because they're lying so blatantly, including Mm. getting some fucking bonehead MP to parrot your easily debunkable porkies you'd think this is a bit of an overstep you'd think that maybe they're thinking oh we probably shouldn't lie too much because maybe we'll get caught out monica's not smart but she is cunning and she knows if you lie enough to idiots it just soon becomes the truth they'll believe anything you say yeah it became the truth within minutes and this is the way this is the way it goes with them you know so you know it's basically no easy walk to freedom with monica smith rather than nelson mandela that's how she's that's how she sees it you know you're gonna have to spend a little bit more time behind bars uh if you really want to become a political prisoner, Monica. Just wait for the grandiose claims. They're coming. They're in the mail. So if you thought lying about her bowel conditions were bad enough, she's also muttered herself on another huge lie regarding PCR testing in jail. Because apparently mm. Monica, textbook, refused the test. And it sounds about right, but here's the lie. They're claiming that her refusal has resulted in her being isolated for 14 days in solitary. Ah. That is true to an extent. She mm. is going to be spending a lonely fortnight due to COVID restrictions, but that's a mandatory quarantine. It's what happens to everyone. It's nothing to to do with this test it's nothing to do with her being the fucking mandela of her idiocy saying how she's going to stand for her fucking rights refusing the test probably just annoyed the screw that was tasked with asking her who would have expected such a result and that was that but in the process of making monica this confected political prisoner and a martyr for this cause the truth has been a real collateral damage on this one but the thing with these people is they lie so naturally it's actually scary how they just lie so blatantly. well it's 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 the default position That'd so be perfect politicians. 14 days in, in solitary is not quite the same as your mandela type stretch um but nevertheless this is what happens 14 days in solitary that's what happens to all new remand prisoners and, and prisoners who go into a, a range of correctional, correctional services facilities in Victoria. It yeah. just happens that way. It's because not fun. They, they are, well, so what? They're, I mean, she, <laughs> she knows what she's getting herself in for, right? It. And it's 14 days in solitary in a rather small cell. Well, she'll have a television. She'll have access to plenty of video calls. She won't have internet connection, but she'll have access to video calls. She'll have, it's a bit like staying in a, you know, one-star hotel, hotel yeah. for, for 14 days. <laughs> That's just what it's like, you know, and you're, and you're sleeping in your kitchen. It really is pathetic. And in all of this oppression she's experiencing, which, let's face it, she's probably realised is not so bad in there. She's quoted on the IDA website saying, I would rather be imprisoned with no rights than willingly sign them away. Oh, oh mate. You, you're really you're really getting there. Uh, so, you know, she's doing the Mandela thing pretty hard. Your bail <laughs> conditions are completely normal and nothing is weird here. But she mm. also exclaimed, no one can break you if you don't let them. Wow. She's gone very zen. She's gone, she's gone, she's gone ninja. It's not a great quote, but like, you know, our low IQ wannabe Nelson here, she ties her bitter narration and just fails to impress. But it fails to impress me. I'm not the target audience. It has clearly struck a nerve with the idiot followers. <laughs> yeah, with my no, mate would. Chris, at the very last minute, just before recording, sent into the shitposting group a picture of hashtag free Monica Smith in spray paint on a testing facility at Wyong on the Central Coast. And this, this is it. It begins. The political crusade of random crimes committed from the idiot brigade to protect their political prisoner who's backed up by George Christensen as some kind of martyr for a cause. So you've got thousands of dollars pouring in by the hour. Monica is going to stay put until she's happy with the take. Let's face it, I would do two weeks of quiet time to get $300,000. They claim they're going to take this to the high court, which makes absolutely no legal sense. But once again, they just love the sound of the high court. The high court. It, it gets it's, them really wet. It's, it's, it's high. It's really high. One person <laughs> on Telegram was celebrating with all this money they can finally afford the high court challenge to protect freedom. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, what is this? Like, so are you going to bring a criminal the charge to the high court? The working dog people, everyone associated with the film The Castle, got a lot of explaining to do, in my opinion. I mean, they, they just have created this nonsense that somehow the High Court will just knock everything over. <laughs> it's, it's completely but you ridiculous. Just can't, it's hard to get there. You need money and people who can do it. Yes. Yeah, so. And look, you need a legal basis. That's what you need. So when That's you get the application in and you say, I don't like the fact that I was charged with a criminal offence, and the High Court says, so what? And that's it. So Monica's very <laughs> you, you, you reasonable bail application. By the way, you don't yeah. have a hearing in the high you court. You don't have go, leave. Throw this fuck away. off. 
Go away. Yeah. Monica's very reasonable bail application is just sitting on a table. And while Morgan Jonas and idiots like George Christensen are calling for the government to release her, it probably should direct their inquiry to Monica herself, who simply has to pick up a pen, sign the paper, stay at home, and delete a few posts about protest. It's probably like six posts. Like, what is wrong? Like, just, it's not a big deal. Mm. You dirty delete more posts because they backfire on you socially than having to do this for bail condition. But there she sits in jail all alone. Let's face it, she's spending her days daydreaming of all the Volkswagen she can buy with the $300,000 oh, she just grifted yeah. from idiot supporters. And she's it's a- not a bad way to spend the time mentally shopping. It's not bad. And uh, working on becoming a martyr. Um, yeah. Bless. And look, happy Karen Brewer. Belated happy yes, belated Karen, Karen Brewer, Brewer day, day to everyone. It was last it was Tuesday, of course. It was it was a wonderful day. The <laughs> the, the weather uh, was great across the entire seaboard. It was oh, a really nice day, day to get out. Beautiful yeah, day gorgeous. for Karen Brewer Day. Gorgeous. It was just, it was a lovely day. And I think everyone had a lovely time. And in a gift for us all, Karen was arrested in the far north of New Zealand while having a silent <laughs> protest outside the far north council building. And I'll see if I can pronounce this correctly, Kaya Kohe. Yeah, no one's um, upset with you if you fucked yeah, that up. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's right. And I apologise to the good people of Kaya Kohe if I've got it wrong. But yes. we all had to return the gift uh, because she was quickly bailed in time to see her not-so-silent protest manifest themselves across the Australia, geez, they yeah. get them out of New Zealand cop shops pretty quick, don't they? She was, she, it was only there for a couple of hours. Yeah, it's pretty quick. Uh, but happily, they had, that day, Monica Smith also filmed her arrest. We've just been talking about all of that. So it was an arrestathon there day. for a little while. Beautiful day. Beautiful day, Karen. Big day. day. Look, I've got to say, I was genuinely surprised by the turnouts in, in certain places yeah, for Karen Brewer Day. I, I, yep. I, I, I I thought, and I was really looking forward to this becoming this huge comic fiasco. Yep. And, of course, it was. I mean, the, the protest across the ditch was just a flop, a huge, spectacular flop. Yeah. Um, but New well, Zealand didn't show up. No, New Zealand. <laughs> they, they're, maybe they're not pilled over there. I don't know. They're, 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 they're our Canadian. Uh, they're, they're, um, they're just lovely people. And they just looked at this and went, you've got to be joking. Back in your fucking box. But large yep. crowds assembled in parts of Australia, council buildings on the Gold Coast and on the Sunshine Coast, protests gathered in significant numbers in Lismore, Mwoolambar and Mullumbimby. And in Brisbane, protesters appeared unfazed by the irony that their protests against lockdowns occurred in a state where there was no lockdown, yeah, except funny. for the parliament, which they had forced into lockdown. In reality, they were protesting against the pedos in parliament, but I don't <laughs> well, even think they knew a, that. It's a cocktail, Joe. How it's many of them actually uh, knew that, though? How many of them knew that? bag of grievances Um, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, and and look in New South Wales we had some reasonably sized reasonable sized crowds in Sydney in Fairfield Blacktown look those those parts of uh, the city are in those LGAs in really heavy lockdown so maybe uh, that uh, drew some people towards them by sheer frustration. Definitely in Fairfield. Anger. Definitely. They're pissed off. But I think it actually points to, that perhaps aside, I think it actually points to parts of Australia that are felt what we can tell are fairly heavily pilled. And I think there's going to be some political consequences around that. Maybe One National scoop up that vote. Maybe Palmy and Maybe. Party. Maybe they'll have some organic party. Maybe RDA will, will, uh, will register as a party. I mean, we're just not quite sure how... That body's probably about 10, 12 percent uh, is going to go. And that I'd suggest. Is it enough to get a Senate spot? Uh, well, in order to get in order to get a, a Senate spot, you're looking at nine, almost ten percent of the primary it's votes. It's almost fifteen in in. Uh, yeah, I yeah, think it's higher now. That's right. So no, I think that's right. So we're, we're up to sort Senate. of about twelve. Yeah, we're up to about twelve. Look, it varies, but but that's the sort of you know ballpark figure on the primary votes you need. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. and and it's really really hard to get into these days. And when we did have our joke sort of senators a while back, but they they killed all that. Sort sort of uh, preference whispering stuff off. And the last election where we had the most ridiculous people, not the last one, but the double disillusion, that brought a lot yeah. of cooked idiots into the Senate. Yeah, where, and that's what they'll a, do. When you have a double, obviously... You, you have know, the quota. Yeah, so you'll have the quota in order to get in. So you might get in with 4 or 5%. Uh, yep. or 6%, but yeah, 12% in the half-Senate election. And, you know, that that is probably not the real issue. I think it's the effect that it's going to have on the House of Reps in terms of preference allocations. We yeah. talked about it before. Are these preferences, you know, who are these people going to vote for? Who are they going to preference? Are they going to preference the Liberal Party? Some of what I'm seeing on social media indicates that they are well and truly shot 
of Scott Morrison and the, and the coalition government. Uh, so will they not preference them? Will those preferences just basically exhaust on One Nation or Palmer or whatever? Yeah. Uh, or are they going to go to the LNP or the coalition? At the moment, it's saying, you know, all of this stuff is going to give Elbow and Labor a significant boost uh, right now, particularly with the Liberal or the coalition vote. On the nose. According to last week's news poll, at 36%. Now, it, it, the coalition can't uh, even get in the game, even look like getting close unless they're 41. Yeah. So, so they're a long way off it. Anyway, I wrote all about this uh, in the Australian on Wednesday, and you can find that there if you're a subscriber, and I hope and you are. As much as I hate it, you can get a month for four bucks. And the next month is going to be good because Jake's got a supplementary one, which is the Anti-Vaxxers Lie series, which is actually worth reading. And I had to subscribe. So so do you, I suppose. Yeah, had a first uh, episode of the Anti-Vaxxers Lie. We'll have 10 more uh, online at The Australian as we go, one per week. Believe me, uh, anti-vaxxer lies are so frequent that I will not run out of material. There's no running out of content. If you don't want to yes. give money directly to Murdoch, you can go on Apple News for something like 15 bucks a month and you get a whole bunch of bullshit, which includes The Australian. And it's worth checking out. I never thought I'd spruik The Australian uh, ever, but the next 10 weeks will be worth watching. Yes, thank you. Anyway, and it has been a big week in the pilled legal fraternity job. Fucking huge. The wheels are finally turning on some of the no jab, no pay vaccination lawsuits you've been promised for about a year now. Tony Nikolic of AFL Solicitors has finally made a move and had a hearing for his wingnut case, which appears to have a legal argument of lockdowns are bad and I think they're unfair. Yes, yeah, it's, you know, it's a, bad, yeah, it's a vibe. bad vibe. It is the vibe on just terms. So <laughs> submitting 300 pages of what I can only imagine is just complete nonsense to the government solicitors at 9 a.m. before a scheduled hearing at like 10 a.m. or 10.30. The judge gave them until Wednesday to look at the absolute drivel delivered to their desks <laughs> and shut down this ridiculous and frivolous action. Of course, they're having thrown some poor bastard named Al Munir Kassam as the plaintiff on the case. They are holding no fucking risk. Now, I absolutely dread to imagine what the cost order will be against him, subjecting the government solicitors, who I'm sure are not cheap, to hours of dredging through pilled bullshit and trash articles about how PCR tests don't work, germ theory isn't really a thing, and how COVID is a hoax. I mean, fuck, good luck with that. (laughs) Well, it's going to, yeah, it's a lot of of man hours at a pretty big rate. Just reading chud nonsense. So I think their plan, this is after much consideration, I think their plan is actually peel the government legal team and have them read the brief, <laughs> find themselves convinced. You know, they, they watch some of the videos. They're like, oh, wow, I'm so awake now. And then the whole thing is just a big scam and just hand them the case, which I don't think even changes the legal situation. But I can't imagine any other way this is going to play out for them because you just can't win this. There is no legal basis. But when you've got a couple hundred thousand bucks in crowdfunded money and you've got a willing idiot to take the cost order, it's kind of a win-win, you know? Like it's it's decent decent for a few days' work. Well, it's, it's certainly no risk. The hearing will continue on Wednesday and we will absolutely keep you posted how it plays out. And in the other lawsuit with hundreds of thousands of dollars of crowdfunded money behind it, the AFL solicitors kicking off the action. It absolutely forced Buckley's hand and now he's finally filed in the Supreme Court. It's happened. Buckley's filed. It's happened. So it looks like this one's for the aged care workers with the construction workers still in the works, but he's still asking for money because despite the fact that so far he has hundreds of thousands of dollars to work with, he's not taking risk on the case and he's not taking no from answer. He wants more Mm. cash, except for the fact that he might get struck off which is apparently impossible in new south wales a precedent set by nathan buckley himself the case looks to be almost certainly relying on boneheaded interpretation of the constitution we talked about in the last deeper dive weird abstract legal reasoning but works a lot better on telegram than in courts he's <laughs> finally filed though and i am i'll give i'll give him props yeah. man we're giving him shit for not filing now he's filed so after about a year of sucking up money from some of the lowest paid and hardest working people in the country he's about to destroy the lives of a few plaintiffs and go down in a blaze of glory pocketing a cool few hundred thousand bucks in the process. Listen for a hearing at 9am on the 14th of September. He has six plaintiffs to share the financial ruin with. Well, at least he's spreading the misery around this time. Yeah, but will he help them with some of the crowdfunding money? I don't know. Like, I'll be really interested to see how that works out. Hmm. His submission came with a media release that counted 13 <laughs> individual rights with no legal basis whatsoever. Not a man to be bogged down in detail. Apparently, we have the right not to be conscripted to take part in a public vaccination program. Like, it looks like that's what he's trying to do, which is playing this Section 5123A card, which I mentioned in the last deeper dive. That's for, for doctors. doctors. It's mm. not for patients. No. We're not being conscripted. He's also claiming we have the right not to be subject to medical treatment without consent. Yeah, we're not. That's not happening. 
I consented to my Pfizer jab. No one's claiming otherwise. You fucking lunatic. So you can see how this is going to go. If his legal arguments are anything like this waffle media release, he's going to be laughed out of court, which I guess is good because the, the shorter duration, more money. Still lower the costs and those six people heavily exposed. Isn't that nice? May not have to pay so much. All his shenanigans. He still has a practicing certificate. Is an indictment on the law side of New South Wales. So we will get you posted on this one too because it is going to be a wild ride. It might be a short one. It might be a long one, but we know this one thing for sure. Buckley is going to have a very public and very weird tantrum when this finally blows up in his face. And now we get to the segment of the program that really should be led off by Edith Piaf singing Je ne regret rien. Mm, I know what that means. We can't afford the rights, so you just have to hum it in your head, listeners, while we contemplate regret, real regret. And the people have had a few because they're dead now. In the conditional release program's famous last words... For our famous last work segment this week, we are going to keep it simple and to the point. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated and as expected, while the rest of the world reopens and learns to live with the virus, people who have fallen prey to misinformation campaigns on the internet are dropping like flies. Yes, they These are. are real people with real families who will be forever touched by the loss of their loved ones and the people responsible clearly have zero remorse That's for what they've the done. Thing. Mm. Anti-vaxxers have blood on their hands. They do. If you're listening, you probably already know that. And first on that list is a young mother of four in Northern Ireland, only 35 years old, unvaccinated and Mm. dead. Her husband, Josh, posted on Twitter and I quote, I spent hours in ICU on Thursday, Friday with my wife who passed away. It's real. The numbers are real. Get your vaccine so you or your family do not have to go through what I've had to. As I write this, I'm laying beside her. She is 35, unvaccinated and in a coffin. Let that sink in. Mm. That does sink in. That sinks that, hard. That's that's very stark. That's that's serious shit. So we're looking at the comments here, and 99.9% of it are people sending condolences and being reassuringly supportive with one cockhead anti-vaxxer in there throwing his two cents in, questioning whether the outcome would be any different if she'd been vaccinated. And the answer to that, my friend, is yes. Yes, it would. It absolutely would. So the website sorryantivaxxer.com is an endless scroll of people of all ages, all levels of health and fitness with one thing in common, anti-vaxxers who died from COVID. It's awful. Some it's of them not, are hardcore. It's, it's, mm. it's really, it's such an indictment of our society. Some of them mm. are hardcore conservatives who didn't get the jab so they could, you know, go and make some non-existent political gesture towards the Biden administration, you know, as they like to say, to own the libs. Others just believe the big lie that the vaccine was going to kill them, that COVID is just a flu or a cold. Yeah. One example, Georgette Colson, 55 of East Point, Florida, remained a staunch anti-vaxxer after her unvaccinated brother, died of COVID. Her fucking brother died of COVID. And in the months after her brother's death, she proudly shared conspiracy material on Facebook, bragged about her lack of vaccination. And we don't know how she feels about vaccination now because she's fucking dead. It is ridiculous. And it's a total waste of life. I mean, I don't hold a grudge against this person, yet another victim of shitty misinformation campaigns. uh, A person like that, I mean, there's no saving. There's clearly no saving. She's beyond redemption. She's just watched her brother die and she's like, yeah, cool. So look, I don't want this segment to be all about doom and gloom. I want this to be occasionally funny. Sure, it is depressing to see people dying needlessly from what is now a preventable disease due to misinformation Mm -hmm. on the internet. That is sad. We're going to see a lot more in this country when we start to let it rip too. Every now and then, COVID just lies up and kicks a goal straight through the middle and takes down a real piece of shit. Now, (laughs) enter Robert David Steele. You will not be missed, you cunt. Big shout out to our guest this week, Hamilton Hume, who must have been absolutely cheering to hear this asshole is dead. We record the deeper dive before his death. Doesn't get mentioned, but he does mention Steele in the deeper dive, which is coming out on Wednesday. He's a huge part of this whole thing. Yeah, he is indeed. Steele is a former CIA officer who turned professional conspiracy theorist. He's famous for making idiot claims that NASA had a colony on Mars populated by human slaves. Oh, yeah, sounds pretty plausible, eh? It's just one of, like, many bullshit yarns he spun. It's got a bit of the L. Ron Hubbard's there. It does, doesn't it? Into Scientology at some point. It's got a bit of that. So, basically, he went on Alex Jones' Infowars show all the fucking time and just spouted nonsense. He's a 9-11 truther, which is fair enough. So was I. But he also holds deeply anti-Semitic opinions and was quoted to say that we must eradicate every Zionist Uh who refuses to be loyal to their country of citizenship and the rule of 
law. Okay, that's not good, but yes. you're dead, so who cares? Steele is credited with taking QAnon from fringe message board 4chan into the mainstream in early 2018, helping the conspiracy theory reach a much wider audience, which we know what happened then. Fuck you, Robert David Steele. Yes, big driver of QAnon. Steele also claims to be the first person to announce COVID-19 was a hoax. And how do you think that's going for you, mate? How's that How's that going? How's the hoax going, you dickhead? So Steele took his bullshit right to the grave and is being hailed as a hero of the conspiracy universe with, predictably, people claiming his death was yet another conspiracy. They claim he was assassinated by the use of a deadly ventilator because Robert David Steele and their idiot minions think that ventilators kill people and it's all designed to, you know, make statistics. And this is all under the guise of an obviously faked COVID positive result. You know, he goes and gets tested because he's got a bit of chesty cough. They're like, oh, you've got COVID. Come over here to your ex- execution chamber. So idiots are holding true to their ideals despite <laughs> One of their leaders literally dying from the disease, which they're all so bizarrely keen to catch. This guy was a fucking king to the very end, man. His famous last words were not ones of regret. These are fantastic. I need a drum roll for this. We need a... These are the most famous last words you'll hear in a long time. They're fucking great. Not a moment of remorse. Here we go. Quote, I will not take the vaccination, though I did test positive for whatever they're calling COVID today. Keep up that hoax thing. (laughs) But the bottom line is that my lungs are not functioning. Mm, Yeah, well... You know, I mean, putting two and two together there. Um, yeah, it's, it's a spicy cough, right? He's still going, nah, five. Nah, and, nah. And, and that's the way I'm going to go. It's just a cold. It's just a really bad one. <laughs> so without a hint of irony, he goes on to say, we will never be the same because now we know we've all been lied to about everything. Uh, yeah, you were doing <laughs> the lying. You were main liar. And your Big own with a bullshit has ended in your premature death. So, yeah, well done. You didn't own the libs. You owned yourself, fucking dope. <laughs> Speaking of owning yourself, he's the master of cell phones, Pete Evans. And it is said that if Donald Trump had simply invested the 200 mil his dad left him in an index fund, he would be five, five times richer today and maybe even six times richer if he continued to steal money from his Trump-branded cancer charities. Remember those? That's a thing. That's a thing. You can look it up. It's he's pretty convicted. Now, if Pete had simply shut the fuck up, he would be worth a fortune, still the rubbing fortune. shoulders with the rich and famous on a couple of mil a year, but he couldn't fucking help himself, and he continues his path of pointless self-destruction in yet another huge week in Pete Evans. It has been a huge week in Pete Evans with the Honourable Peter Darrell Evans staring down the barrel of yet another electoral obstacle in his Uh-oh. way to the invitation he received to the Senate. Just such a just it just has so many problems these days, doesn't so, he, Pete? It's, it's, it's just unfair. It's so, just so unfair. Many huge weeks. God is not on his side. So in the Royal Rumble of fringe political candidates, there's only really room for one at the end, maybe two at best. And Pete for a while there was holding pole position. He was looking yeah, pretty good. And got out you there could early. say his chances were slim and you'd be right. But in the battle for the hearts of minds of idiots, which doesn't quite make the 15% you need to get in the Senate, the fully franked cash bucket of Clive Palmer and Craig Kelly are set to steamroll his political plan. Oh no! His invitation is being torn up as we speak. Now, Pete, as a malignant narcissist who is doomed to fail from the start, this may be a convenient way to justify his loss. You know, before he had to accept the fact that people didn't like him, now he can just say, oh, Clive Palmer outspent me. Before this dynamic duo burst on the scene with these millions of dollars, Clive skimmed from his workers, Pete was the most prominent candidate on the card. Now, this all assumes, of course, Craig is running for the New South Wales Senate and not his seat of Hughes. I am making a very lofty assumption here that Craig, while being an idiot, is not a fucking idiot. Maybe he is. Uh, maybe Pete's still the leader on the New South Wales Senate ticket. He's just going to get smoked in Hughes. But despite locking down his Telegram profile, deleting months of content, and turning off comments to avoid being associated with the unwashed morons that follow him on our favourite sketchy smart messaging moves, app, it looks like it was all for nothing. His invitation oh. to the Senate has a hurdle in front of it. And that hurdle is two wildly overweight white men <laughs> with delusions of grandeur and Millions of dollars. Ah, oh, even athlete Pete couldn't lump over such a smouldering pile of shit. Uh, poor old Pete. I mean, I, if you want my opinion, Joe, I think he's too that's good what for they're po- here for. I think he's too good for politics. He is. He's too pure. He's too he's, pure. Yeah, I think that's his problem. It just You don't get in there, Pete. It's not for you. You're too chaste a person to be involved in that shit show. What a spectacular set of loser words. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider, Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and 
And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Currency Moses with a K. We've set up a Facebook page you can find fairly easily and a shit posting page, which is really ramping up. There's really good shit on there. We've yeah. already got like a strike from Zuckerberg, but it might still exist next week. Promoting a podcast <laughs> is easier said than done. If you would share this episode or a past episode or tell your friends or tell your uncles or tell whoever, your cousins, my cousin loves it. I don't think I even told him, but if you could share this for us, that'd be fantastic. Ah, yes, please. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's simply to deliver us the most onerous bail conditions in living history that spell out the end of democracy as we know it. To be honest, I'm not really sure if democracy is working all that well, so pass me a pen. I'll sign that away. Thanks, listeners. See you next time. Signing for freedom. Freedom! (laughs) Thanks, Mel.